Welcome to Ginspired, brought to you by theginshop.ca. This podcast will take you on a journey into the world of gin, where you'll experience this versatile spirit in ways you never thought possible. Now the host of Ginspired, Heather E. Wilson. Hello and welcome to Ginspired, where we talk about and celebrate everything about the wonderful juniper lace spirit called gin. I'm your host, Heather E. Wilson, and on today's episode, I welcome back Darren Scott, Chief Operations Officer and Director of New Craft Spirits located in Calgary, Alberta. And today, I catch up with Darren to see where they are on their journey and their experiences and challenges of starting a craft gin distillery during the pandemic in Alberta, where they are in the current process, their cool product awards, and of course, a fun incident story, or maybe even two, and so much more. Welcome back, Darren. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Heather. It's good to be back. I was just saying that if you listen to the last episode, you'll know I'm actually also from Prince Edward Island, where Heather's from. I don't live there anymore, but I hope to get back and actually meet Heather face to face here. But yeah, good to be back. It's been about a year, right? It has been basically a year. Yeah. And when you do come visit, we'll have to do a live episode. That'll be really fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. From the beach. Do it from the beach. Oh, we're going to do <laughs> no, that, it from the beach. That's probably hard. Yeah, probably the sound mm, could be a little challenging, but I'm yeah. pretty sure we could maybe a cottage by the beach we could do. Yeah, there we go. That would there work. That would totally work. Okay, so Darren, you know the drill. What are you drinking today? Yeah, actually, recently somebody came up to me and said, you know, hey, your gin is actually perfect for a Negroni, but you have to call it a Negroni and make it your own. So I am having a Negroni, as we call it. So we'll get into more in our gin, but it is a very citrus forward gin. And as you know, really a Negroni is Campari, Vermouth, gin, and then usually orange slice in there. And a little pro tip, a lot of people will use a zest and they even put it around the rim. You shouldn't put it around the rim. It actually affects the flavor as you're drinking it you should mm-hmm. just put it in the drink little pro tip so our gin pairs really well with that and in general i didn't even like campari that much in the past so i yes. find this is nice and it's just a nice mix of it so that's what i'm drinking well i have to say negroni is probably my top gin cocktail go-to i love 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 negronis and i have had your gin in a negroni which is Nice. You're tasty. Very tasty. And just, I, actually, I know people can't see, but if you listen, you can hear that that's, that's an right. actual live cocktail. It's a live lying. cocktail, yeah. yeah. It's only noon here in Calgary, but it's just afternoon, so we're okay. Ah, well, it's totally good. Mm-mm. Yes. Now, one thing I like to do is add just a couple of drops of orange bitters. Ooh, and I'm going to try that. And that can really level it up, particularly if you're short on actual oranges yourself. And if you try like a smoky orange bitters or a mm. spicy orange bitters. Mm-mm-mm. So good. Really makes it extra yummy. So I'm not having anything quite as exciting today. It's still technically winter here. So <laughs> I'm keeping things fairly simple and light. So I have your gin, the new London dry gin, and just some sparkling water to top it off with a little bit of lime. And honestly, keeping it simple and light is super tasty and especially if you're counting calories you know Mm. it's great for that so cheers 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 to that that's what i usually drink actually oh really well there Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So yes, it's been a year. So much has happened in that time for all of us, but let's do a super quick recap. And I know people can listen to the previous episodes, which I will link in the show notes, but let's do a quick recap of how it all started. You know, where, how did, how did you guys get that distillery idea and all that? Yeah, yeah. The quick story is Tony and Don Messer are my partners and my wife Shida and I, but we met through community hockey. We both have sons around the same age. Tony had casually mentioned to me many years ago that he had been home distilling for many years because he had seen juniper bushes on a, a property in Kimberley, British Columbia and said, I should make gin out of that, not knowing anything about it. But that was 15 years ago. He ended up buying a home still, practicing himself uh, and becoming a really good distiller of gin. So he mentioned that COVID hits us. I was not liking my corporate career anymore. I think a lot of us sometimes feel that way. And I'm like, I want to do something I want to do. I was very fortunate to have a lot of friends that were in the local beer scene here in Calgary. So I was pretty connected to that scene. And I knew how vibrant it was and what was going on in Alberta. So I was looking for something new. I reached out to Tony. And basically from there, we decided, hey, let's make a go of this. And during COVID, we didn't see each other for the first six months. We had this idea. That was December of 2020. We had the idea, but we were manufacturing by basically we were renting still space from another local distillery called Confluence Distilling. Thank you, Ross Alger of Confluence. We still do that right now, unfortunately, because we're still not open in our own space, but we'll get to that soon. But yeah, yeah, so, and then quickly, really a new, and we're called, it's not N-E-W, it's G-N-U, like the African wildebeest. And really we chose that name. It started as a fun play in words because Tony said when we started, hey, we have to call our gin the new normal because everything during COVID is the new normal. And we were really about wanting to get everybody back together so he said but wouldn't it be funny if we said new as an african wildebeest and i'm like okay that's funny but let me make sure it's not used in any kind of religious way or you know would be offensive mm-hmm. in any way so we research it's not but what keeps coming up is the symbolism of a new which we had no idea we had no idea at this time but it comes back the symbolism of a new is that it's a calling to reconnect friends and family to gather your herd back together when we heard that because we were all about community and getting back together and gathering with friends and family it was just not only became the name of the gin but we named the company after that so there's the short story wow every time i hear it it's like what that's amazing so amazing Mm -hmm. okay so you just mentioned that you're still not in your own space yet so let's talk about that so how are things going maybe an update on where you're yeah Yes, would we like to be? It's a hard process. And uh, for those interested in getting into alcohol manufacturing in general within Canada, it can be very hard. Breweries kind of had, you know, a big surge a few years ago. Some local governments, some better than others, figured that out a bit. And there has been some movement. But really now distilleries are starting to come out. And it's still a little behind provincially and federally across. So it's actually quite hard to open. There's a lot of regulations you have to follow. And then even local governments, not to bash anybody, but it's government agencies that are just trying to enforce rules and regulations. We would like to see them approach it more as there's a small business trying to get open. How can we help them versus just trying to enforce regulations? And because it's so new, a lot of challenges happen between fire and city and even provincial and federal regulations regulations and rules that just affect us. And it's really difficult to work with. As you can imagine, everything takes time. You know, you send in an application, they say it's going to be two weeks, it's eight weeks, things like that. So it's been challenging, but this is the same story. Pretty much every distillery we've talked to in Alberta that we've met has, it just takes that time. We were warned, we went in with eyes open. Did we think we'd be open already? Yes, but 
we're getting close, you know. So we're we have our development permit, our building permits right on the cusp. We have our building; it's all ready to go. We Ooh. have, you know, all the drawings and everything. We have all the equipment. We actually had our still and everything a year ago lined up for another location that, unfortunately, because of some unfortunate regulations and rules, ended up we couldn't go into that space. So we had uh-huh. to kind of pivot and find another space. So yeah, there's challenges, and you have to be committed. You have to go in eyes wide open, and you have to be a little bit passionate and crazy, I think, because it's really hard and it's a bit of a financial burden, right? To do it, to start. So we're hoping that over time, we're working with great groups like the Alberta Craft Distillers Association and federal groups that over time, the governments will come together and realize they have the potential to really grow a very cool, vibrant industry and agriculturally based out of Canada. So, you know, we're really pushing, we're lobbying and working with our peers across the country and we'll just keep plowing ahead. But that's what's new as to say. And, you know, we hopefully will be open this summer, at least manufacturing wise. And then the tasting room may follow a few months later. That's okay. kind of where we're at now, but we hate to give dates because it's oh, just, I know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's a challenge, you know, so yeah. go in wise, eyes wide open people, you know, especially, and we're not even doing it at a big scale. Really. We're starting really kind of mm-hmm. small distillery, but yeah, it's challenging. Wow. Challenges aside, we're plowing forward and we're excited for it. And, you know, we've had lots of good things happen in the last Absolutely. Year. So let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. So let's talk about new London dry gin. So let's just do a quick recap. I mean, I know you said it was citrus, but let's just do a little recap on the primary flavor notes that people can expect when they try it. Yeah, this gin, you know, first of all, was really made to be our flagship gin. You know, sometimes I wouldn't say criticism, but uh, we've had others taste it and they go to craft stores and expect something new and innovative and stuff. But this was really meant to be a good everyday gin that goes with everything. And I think, you know, we really nailed it as we'll get to, but we've won some great awards for it and get a lot of great feedback. But really on the tasting side, yes, citrus. It is very heavy on the orange and grapefruit peel, especially. Some other gins are are known for their lemon lime profiles and things like that. But Tony just, you know, skewed it more to that orange grapefruit side. There's some coriander in there, some kuba pepper, some other, won't give away all the secret sauce. But, you know, we obviously, you have to pretty much use Mediterranean juniper. A lot of people think you can just make it with any juniper you find outside. If you were to make gin using all Canadian juniper, that would be very intense. But what we do is actually, we actually found that we take a little bit of Canadian juniper that we harvest ourselves and we mix it in with the Mediterranean juniper that's pretty much world standard. And it just changes that flavor profile ever so slightly. And another thing, and it's more in the process. And I mean, if people don't know this, a London dry gin has nothing to do with London, England necessarily, or the type of recipe. It actually is the process and the still used. So it's a vapor still, which means we start with a neutral grain spirit, which let's just call it pure ethanol or vodka, for lack of a better word. Mm -hmm. You boil it, turns into a steam, that steam goes into a basket full of these botanicals and it takes out the flavor, comes out the other side steam, cool it down, turns back into a liquid. And then at that point, all you can do to be a London dry gin is just proof it to the alcohol percentage you want. In our case, 40%. But what Tony found was when he first was making it through the still that it just wasn't grabbing the citrus enough. So he kind of adjusted the temperature as distillers will know and people listening, probably a lot of experts here, and I'm not the distiller, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you're doing great. Um, you're doing Yeah, thanks. Thanks. (laughs) But he just found that if you turn down the temperature and basically it just meant it took a bit longer, but it was almost like the classic slow and low if you were doing Mm -hmm. a nice beef brisket or something. So 
a lot of times batches that go through the still, we'll say a four to 600 bottle batch that we'll be working towards mm -hmm. would take some people four to six, seven hours to get through. But for us, Tony found by slowing it down, turning down the temperature and just being a little more patient, it takes about 20 hours for oh, our wow. batch to do the same amount. So yeah, we're increasing the time it takes to actually distill and create it, but it's just that it really grabbed the citrus and then just a happy little accident, as Bob Ross would say, yes. <laughs> uh, we found that on the finish, it just kind of for really, you know, vodkas and gins are young spirits and usually not known for their finishes. We just found it added just a little bit more smoothness to that finish by just going through a bit slower. And so I think you're just getting more of that really great flavor and, you know, less of the, you know, mm. alcohol finish that can be That's known true. for young spirits. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So there you go. There's a little bit on the flavor. Oh, see, I learned something new every time we talk. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about your awards. You've won some awards recently. And for a distillery that doesn't actually have a physical location, right. I think that's pretty epic. Thanks, Heather. We're pretty excited about the awards. We entered in, in these contests and, you know, you hope to get recognition. This is judged by experts and connoisseurs in the spirits industry. So last year, World Gin Awards, we got the bronze, which we were ecstatic wow. with. And we also got the silver for SIP Awards, the American Spirit Awards out of Texas. We actually got a gold and the American Distilling Institute, we got a bronze. But wow. then this year, and one thing, again, probably your listeners will know for small batch, the recipes slowly change over time. So we knew that we had kind of increased it. And when I talked about just now about mm -hmm. how we slowed down the still, our first few batches weren't quite there. We were still running through quick. So the flavor from our batches, probably one to four mm -hmm. will vary a bit from now five to we're about to start 11 here. So we're still wow. in pretty low batch numbers yeah. here, but yeah. So we realized that and we knew we were getting this extra great citrus flavor out of the new batches. So we're like, okay, send them again. And Heather, I'll tell you, we almost, you know, dropped to the floor when we found out that this year for the World Gin Awards, we got the best in country wow. uh, and gold medal for Canada. Wow. Um, yeah. And they just held for the worlds that just happened literally this on the 23rd of February mm -hmm. here. And we didn't win that. That's a long shot. So all the gold medal winners for each country per right. category are put together and then they're selected from there. So we didn't win that one, but we're pretty excited. Like, as you said, for yeah. a distillery that's less than two years old, you know, really has our one product. And, you know, now we've been recognized with this basically best London dry gin in Canada the, from the World Gin Awards, which no, is that, pretty renowned. Yeah. That's the Oscars of gin awards. That's amazing. Well, congratulations. I know it's hard won. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So before we get to your fun Jensen story, what's next? I mean, obviously you guys are heading into hopefully having your own location, but what's next for you and the business? You know, we're really excited. Like, again, we're right on the cusp here and this time for sure. Right, City and Fire Department? Yes, yes. Yes, we are. We're headed in the right direction and we're going to get there. We're really excited to get our tasting room open too because we are all about gatherings and entertaining. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can't wait to start hosting people there. But yeah, we're having a lot of great success here locally. We're in over 150 stores across Alberta. Wow. And we keep expanding. We're still just limited to Alberta until we can actually mm -hmm. get 
into that manufacturing facility. That's one right. of the limitations. So people outside of Alberta right now, unfortunately, we can't really get it to you, but you know, soon stay tuned. But yeah, we are going to launch a few canned cocktails for the summer here. We just decided yeah, we, we have some great local restaurants and golf courses and things like that we mm-hmm. work with. It's a very competitive market, but we just know that with the people and the relationships we have that we can move it. So we're going to do basically a kind of gin soda on the orange grapefruit kind Good. of flavor side. Mm-hmm. And also a gin tonic that will be a little mm-hmm. more citrus forward canned drink. So we're going to have those come out this summer. And then, then we're going to wait till we get into our facility to start developing different spirits and mm-hmm. things like that. Although we pretty much plan to really focus on gin at first, and then we'll get into our whiskeys. We will have a vodka that we'll make for our taste room. Yeah, but it's not really going to be our personal focus. There's a lot of great vodka distilleries across Alberta and, you know, please try them out. But, you know, gin is kind of our thing right now. And, and that's Tony, Tony loves it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Tony's thing. Yeah, yeah. He's good at it. Okay. So, do, 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 drum roll. Let's hear about your fun Jensen story. Now, for those mm-hmm. of you who listened to the previous episode, be sure to listen to the previous episode mm-hmm. because there is an epically hilarious incident on that one. So, Darren, I don't know how you're going to surpass that, but I know yeah. you have it in you. So, yeah. I do have a good one. And I thought about it a lot because I realized the last one, it was a crazy story. Please go back and listen. And I won't even tell what it is, but it was crazy. (laughs) And it's actually true. Anyway, this one happened a few years back on my 40th. I'm a little older than that now. Well, Mm -hmm. let's say a lot. But anyway, myself and a group of friends went to LA for this epic 40th. It was myself and another guy that had the birthday around the same time. So it was like, I don't even know, 12 of us. Wow. We saw like two Calgary Flames games, one in Anaheim, one in LA, and we went to an ACDC concert, but we also had NBA tickets to go see. And most of us had never even seen an NBA game. Right. And it was Oklahoma and the Lakers and saw Kobe play that night. Cool. But that's not the story. That's not the story. (laughs) The story is, I digress. <laughs> yeah, that's just the beginning. But we've been partying a few days. You know, we had some beer and stuff. We were bearded out, but we're like, hey, let's just go early, get something to eat at this kind of neat place right by the then Staples Center. I can't even remember what it's called now. And I, in LA, I can't even remember. But whatever the current hockey stadium is there, we go down there and silly 40 year old dude Canadians had no idea that at the same time we're going this game it's actually the American Music Awards are happening so we just went down super early to get a bite to eat before the basketball game but not realizing the American Music Awards are actually going on but we go into this restaurant and we're like hey do you have space so well we have on the patio but that's all we have and it's packed and we're okay so we just go out we want to just have some more refreshing cocktails we get into the gin someone said cocktails I think I was just hammering on gin tonics and the first thing that happened this one first is that we realized we're at the exact spot where all the limos pull up and let out all the celebrities. You know, there's the, the patio, yeah. the end of the patio, and there's a couple of security there, but then they're just getting out. So like, even then we're like, oh, wow, I'm not the biggest celebrity person, but mm. it's neat when it happens. Yes. But we saw Lady Gaga get out, like Nelly Furtado, like Carrie Underwood, like we're all getting out and we're like, wow, that's cool. And then that begins to, so then we go to the basketball game and then the Black Eyed Peas sing the national anthem and then Jack Nicholson's there. But then this is where the story really gets good. So basketball game ends. We're having a good time. And we're like, okay, let's just go hit another cocktail bar in the area. And that area where that Staples Center, whatever it's called now, is a massive conference center. And they have all these restaurants and trendy bars and things like that. So somebody just pulls one up on the phone. We're like, okay, well, let's go there. Half the group leaves. And three or four of us are struggling. I don't remember why. 
we start walking to this place and then all of a sudden we walk and it's actually quite deserted at this time. We had hung out after the game bit. So all the crowds had let out. It's quite deserted, mm-hmm. pretty quiet. And three or four of us are just walking down towards this place. And all of a sudden, like two women are kind of coming towards us and it's just kind of this intersection. And then we turns out we both have to turn to get to this place mm-hmm. that we're going to. And as I get closer, I'm like, that woman looks real familiar for some reason. So I was like, who is this? Who is this? And then I get close and I'm like, I think that's Kate Hudson. She walks closer and then like, again, just three. So three 40-year-old Canadian guys and then Kate Hudson and her friend walk. And I'm like, oh, hi, Kate Hudson. And she's like, oh, hey, hi. How are you? And I'm like, good, good. She's like, oh, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we're just in Canada for 40th birthday. We're just heading to this bar. She's like, I'm going to that bar. We're like, oh, okay. And you're like, we'll just walk together. And like, none of us idiots took pictures. And we were just like, didn't even know what to do. So we start following, you know, her and we're talking to her. She's super nice. She's about two inches tall, by the way. She is a very tiny, tiny woman. (laughs) This would have been back in like 2009. But anyway, so we follow her into the bar and then we go in and just because we're kind of with her Mm. at first, all all of a sudden we walk in and then there's kind of like actually a main area and then this cordon off area where her and her group is. So at first, me and these three guys just start following. We don't even see our other friends. We just kind of follow her. We're just walking in. And because we're with her, these security guys part and we go in. And then all of a sudden, we're standing at the cusp of this private room. And no of a lie, it's Jay-Z, A-Rod, Snoop Dogg, like Kate Hudson's there. Like, yeah, at the time, she was dating Alex Rodriguez from mm. the Yankees. And so we're in and we're like, Oh my God, like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> Did you guys really have an aneurysm? <laughs> this is pretty nuts. So anyway, but it didn't take long until all of a sudden these security guys are like, wait, who are these guys? And I'm a big guy. I'm like 6'2". I was probably like 250 at that time. And this guy just kind of put his hand on my shoulder and said, I think you guys have to go over on this section. <laughs> and we're like, okay. But anyway, we went and sat at the bar and had some more cocktails. But yeah, just a crazy, I don't know if that's a gincident. Or if it's a coincidence or something like that, but it was just a crazy story. Well, you were just... consuming gin, and yeah, it exactly, the liquid courage. Yeah, it just kind of yeah. led us to some awesome adventures by random because we wanted to go just have some nice cocktails before a basketball game and after, and we saw all these celebrities that you know there most you people go. will never see in their lives. But don't have a single picture or autograph to prove it. But my friends that were there will back up that. It's story. All right, I'll believe it was a fun you. one. It was a fun one. <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. And now you know the trick to meeting some celebrities if you ever need to do it again. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That's awesome. Awesome. You know, not many people can say that they walked into a bar with Kate Hudson. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we're just about at time. Is there anything else you'd like to share about anything? Yeah, I mean, I think in general for those listening, and I mean, it's quite obvious and it's a standard message, is that constant support local. And I think I just want to explain what that means too, because especially in our industry, we know, and you know, craft beer or craft spirits are going to cost a little bit more. We can't produce at the mass. We don't have the money that's been generated over, you know, tens of years for the big companies. But, you know, please do consider when you're out and especially have the opportunity to consider a local spirit or a local producer in general, or, you know, you think of a nice gift for somebody like that. That's the time for it. Like we understand, like, you know, if, you know, you're trying to conserve money and times are tight these days, we get all that, but you might have a standard you know, alcohol that you go to that's maybe a little less expensive, but Hey, for those special occasions or for gifts or stuff like that, just consider somebody local or recommend them. Or even if you own a business, we do a lot of things where people 
will buy like custom bottles and a lot of local producers will do stuff like that. So you get this really neat, unique custom to you or, you know, your company kind of gifts or something like that. So I think it's just, you know, a call. It, it's kind of beaten into everybody, but it really does make a big, big difference in the age of Amazon and everything's easy to order and, you know, times are tight a bit. But, you know, when you get the opportunity, you know, take that extra second, spend that extra couple bucks when you can and, you know, support a great local company. And even if it's not ours, just to, you know, somebody else. Yeah, it'd be great. I completely agree. Well spoken. Mm, thank you. Well spoken. Thank you. All right. And there you have it. Everything you ever wanted to know about Darren and our update on the new Craft Spirits Distillery. You know, what it takes to create a distillery and some of the challenges. They're super cool, award-winning gin, as well as, you know, how to meet a celebrity if yeah. <laughs> you wanted to. Right? Follow your gin nose. Follow your gin nose, you know, and so much more. Thank you, Darren, for being here today. It's great to have you back on the show and learn how you are progressing with the distillery. No, thank you, Heather. And again, we'll definitely hook up. I'll get back to PEI soon, I'm sure, to visit my family. And I can't wait. And we'll have to get together and do a live show. It'd be great. We will, for sure. And thank you for listening. Be sure to leave us a review and check out the show notes for links to New Craft Spirits and the ginshop.ca for all your gin clothing and novelty needs. And be sure to download your free gin tasting guide so you can keep track of all the yummy new gins that you try. Until next time, remember, always gin o'clock somewhere. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ginspired, brought to you by the ginshop.ca. If we've ginspired you, let us know by leaving us a comment and a review. Or drop us a note at heather at theginshop.ca. We may even read your email or feature your ginspirational story in an upcoming episode. And remember to follow us on social media. Until next time, let the party be ginned.